Good. Good afternoon, everybody. If if you are not in this seminar, then please get lost. And if you're not, then you should be. I have the privilege of introducing Mike Pilavachi this afternoon, who doesn't really need introducing, but for many years I have been at Soul Survivor and seen the power of God come in incredible ways. And so to have Mike here today, this afternoon, talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and creating an environment for the Holy Spirit to move in power is a wonderful thing. So why don't you come and join me, Mike? And give him a round of applause. All right, so I'll just start. Yes, lovely. Just go for it. All right. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, well, it's a privilege and a joy. Whoa, these lights are strong. <laughs> it's a privilege and a joy to be here. I'm not going to sing. Um, I've had to do that for 25 years for young people. And uh, um, it is, it's great to be here. Um, just want to uh, make this as, uh, as, as practical as, as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, and see where we go. And just to say... Um, uh, I'm, I'm really aware that, you know, like on this stuff, um, it could be so easy to try and make up principles. Um, and it's doing the ministry of the Spirit, if it, it's not about principles, it's about relationship. And uh, it all comes out of relationship. And so I'm, I want to try and be careful that I don't turn this into. You know, if you do A, B, and C, and then you press the lever, you hit the jackpot, uh, because um, it, it's not like that. And I want to spend the first part of this time uh, just talking about things that we've been learning, which um, I'm aware that talk, so talking about this to you guys, it's like it's preaching to the choir. Um, but I just want to talk a little bit about some of the things that we've been learning about creating a culture or an environment where the Holy Spirit seems to be able to move more in power. And we've been learning it at festivals, at the big things, and church, uh, in the local church. And um, uh, I've noticed as I've traveled in lots of different places um, that there are certain, certain places I go to, certain, um, uh, certain churches, certain events, where there seems to be such a freedom for the Holy Spirit to move and where that, that seems to go for more than a season. It seems to go sometimes even more than just for a generation. It seems to be something that lasts. And I've, I've been asking, what are, are there ingredients? Are there certain things that you, I see regularly in those places? And the answer is, yes, there are. Yes, there are. And uh, um, the first, I just want to throw some of these out. Um, the first thing is, and I know it's obvious, but I don't think we realize how obvious it is. If we're to see God's Spirit move in our gatherings, uh, one of the key things that there has to be is a sense of community, is a sense of family. And uh, I don't think we realize how important that is. Um, and uh, I, I do a lot of my work with young people. And uh, if we don't create a sense of community, a sense of family, then, you know, people have to know that, that, that it's a safe place. They have to know that they're safe. They have to know um, that they're going to be loved. They have to know that they're not going to be used or, I'll use the term, abused. Um, they have to know that they're not going to be made to do anything for show. And uh, community and a sense of family is absolutely indispensable. Now, with this one, as with everything else, you know, you need to create an environment of community, of family, of love and acceptance for people to be open to respond to the Holy Spirit's initiative. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he actually accelerates that sense of community, of family, of love and acceptance. So in all these things, it's a virtuous circle. But, but we, we, need, uh, we need to find ways of making sure that as we grow churches, as we lead churches, as we get vision for the future, 
we never, ever, ever go beyond an understanding that church is first of all, we're a family before we're a business. We're a family. We, and, and you know what? There, there's talk, I go to conferences of large church leaders every now and then. Uh, that for some reason, they think I lead a large church, so I get, I get invited. And, and you know, there's all sorts of talk about staffing and hiring and firing. And you know what? In a family, you don't hire and fire staff. You raise up sons and daughters. And when you raise up sons and daughters... Um, you, you treat them like sons and daughters all the way through, and which means that you go on a journey through life with them, uh, that, that, that when, when they get it wrong, you love them. That, you know, and, and that creates, when that happens in a, in a local church, it creates an environment where the Holy Spirit can move in power. Um, allied with that, um, I've noticed that the churches where the Holy Spirit seems to move the most powerfully are uh, churches of mercy. They're, chur- they're churches where mercy is exercised. Um, in the early days, with, um, um, uh, with, with, I've not had the joy of being to Bethel yet. Um, not because I don't want to, but because it just, you know... <laughs> I've never been in that direction. Um, uh, but um, whilst I, I, I probably wouldn't agree with every bit of their theology and I might not agree with every bit of their practice, the only person I agree wholeheartedly with is me. And, um, even, <laughs> and even then, I, I disagree with myself sometimes. Uh, and, 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 but what, 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 what I've noticed, the fruit, is, is, is generally wonderful. There's some wonderful things that are, are, have been coming out of there. And, um, and one of the things that annoyed me a little while ago was, you know, there were some people that messed up, um, leaders. And, you know, before you blinked, um, they had them there at Bethel. They were loving them. They were affirming them. They were caring for them. They were applauding them. And I was thinking, goodness gracious me. And then I saw an interview with one of their leaders. Is there a guy called Chris Vallaton? I don't know if it was him, it was one of them. And, uh, and, he said, and he said, you know, people ask us about that. And he said, the thing is, the thing is, we'd made a decision. We would rather always err on the side of mercy and grace. And if we get it wrong... Because people were saying, but you've given a platform to so-and-so, and they messed up. What if they mess up again? And he said, well, if we get it wrong, we get it wrong. But we'd rather get it wrong that way than get it wrong the other way. And I've noticed it. I just got back a week ago from Hillsong in Sydney. And I had the joy of spending the weekend uh, with them and being involved in their, in their Sunday services. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm telling you what I, I keep saying to them. You know, everybody thinks that the secret of Hillsong um, is they, 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 they put on a good show, is the razzmatazz. Is, and I, I thought this, and is the organizational ability and Brian Houston's phenomenal capacity for leadership and, and all sorts of things like that. I promise you, if you go to Hillsong Sydney, it's the best kept secret. That church and that whole movement is based on relationships. It really is. It really is. And I love it. I remember the first time I went a few years ago. Um, um, uh, we, they, they have a time where you have to say hello to those around you, which I usually hate. Um, and, uh, and, um, and I turned to the person on my left and he asked me about me and then I asked him about him and I said, how long have you been here? And he said, I've been here from the beginning. He said, I'm, I'm an elder of, of the church and uh, we've been here for all the years that this has been going and um, we're, we're, we're with Brian and Bobby till we die. Uh, and then I turned to the other side and asked the same question. He said, oh, I was at school with Brian in New Zealand. Uh, I came over when he came over. Um, I'm an elder of the church. We're here with Brian and Bobby till we die. And, uh, and I met loads like that. Do you know... Do you know they raise up from within. And what you notice in their relationships in leadership, there is love, 
There is affirmation. There is respect. There is kindness. They cheer each other on. And the other thing I loved, I mean, I just found it amazing. Our church, um, our church in Watford, we do, we do loads around food. And there have been times when I felt guilty about that because I thought, I think this has got more, this is more about me than about the Holy, than the Holy Spirit. You know, I think this is, you know, you do feel like, don't you sometimes in leadership? Um, is this my preference coming out? And it probably is. But we do, you know, like we do, we have, we have meals. Anyway, we, we've, we've invested more in our cafe than anything else. And uh, we do food a lot. And then I was just there at Hillsong two Sundays ago. And at their city campuses in the morning and at their Hills campus in the evening. I mean, I just say about their Hills campus. You know, after the, after the meeting, they had two pizza ovens that they'd imported from Italy. Only Hillsong could do this. And barbecues everywhere. And there were thousands milling outside with just great fun, just relaxed. Just, and you can feel the community in the service. You just feel it. You just feel it. And you know, and the early, I'm not going to tell you your story, but, but I, I used to love the, uh, I know more about the early months and few years of, the, of your movement than, than Carol Wimber does. <laughs> you know, I know things she's forgotten because I've listened to all the tapes I've read every single thing. I've cross-examined every person that had anything to do with it, and I love it. And one of the things I love the most is it was a bunch of broken people who were desperate for Jesus, and they gathered in Carl Tuttle's sister's house, and they just sang songs to Jesus, and they cried. And they closed their eyes at the beginning because they were embarrassed that they cried. And they were community. And what I love, even through the ups and downs, you know what, even in the last few months, there's bunches of them that are, are now, they were young and now they're old and they're still hanging around together and partying together and, and doing that. Do you know, God's spirit moves in great power when his, when his people love each other. When his people love each other. And I know in our little way, um, I, I get to work with my best friends. I love, I love these years of my life. The body's creaking, but I love that I get to work with my closest friends. And we are family, and there are people who are with me that have, know, that have been, we've been together for 30 years. They have seen the worst of me, and they're still there. Do you know what a security that is? When people have seen the worst of you, and somehow they still love you. And those that have come on the way. So mercy, to be a church of mercy, of compassion, of grace. A church, a people of restoration. A people who, who, who love unconditionally. You know, a people who, who give second and third and fourth chances to one another. One of the things, our little sayings in our church is, um, uh, we, we, uh, we want to have a high standard of holiness we don't want to compromise on the high standard of holiness. Uh, we want the standard to be the biblical standard of holiness. But we want to show unrestrained mercy and grace for those who don't meet the standard. And I insist on that. Because one day I might need to be the recipient of that. So I want to build a culture where, you know what, one day I might need that. One day I might. And, and, and we want to be a church where it's okay not to be okay. Where no one has to pretend. And, and, and again, that's been part of the DNA of the vineyard. Again, in the early days, as now. You know, intimacy in worship, the highest value. But committed relationships. You know, ho however it's worked out, in home groups or whatever, where people know each other and are known, where people are family, are community, where people can share their, their pains and their disappointments and their failures while they're in the middle of them, not afterwards. And where they're supported in that place. This matters totally for the ministry of the Spirit. Then... 
if we move on, uh, um, again, uh, uh, a place of faith and, um, and, and, and trust and, um, and, and, and encouraging courage. A place, the church should be a place where, you know when, when, you know when kids feel really, really secure, they take more risks. Have you noticed that? When kids feel really secure, they'll go for it. And it'll be like, How's, what's he doing up on top of that? But somehow he knows it's okay somehow. You know, you know one of my friends, uh, um, his little son's taken to leaping at his daddy uh, without warning um, uh, from great heights. And so, far, and, and so far, daddy's caught him every time. Uh, but this, this little boy is absolutely certain that he will be caught. And there's something absolutely wonderful about that. There's a church not far from us, which is part of the New Frontiers network of churches called King's Church, uh, King's Arms Church in Bedford. And last year, I thought they did a brilliant thing. Do you know what they did? They, 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 they said, we're going to go as a church for a thousand acts of courage in the year. And we're going to name them. So they put them up on the website. And every Sunday, someone, people, they make space for people to get up and to say an act of courage that, that, they, that, they, that they did. And, and we're not talking about acts of success. So I don't think there were many, you know, like the usual you hear, you know, like I was on an aeroplane and um, I blinked at the people around me and they all fell down. And by the time the plane landed, we could have just taken off without a plane and all of that sort of stuff. We're not talking about those testimonies that only a few seem to have. We're talking about, you know, I was, I was at the bus stop and, and I saw this lady and she looked sad. So I said, are, are you okay? And she said, oh, it's been a bad day. And I said, oh, I'm a Christian. Could I pray for you? She said, oh, I'm not sure about that, but thanks for asking. And that was it. And you know what? When that testimony is given in their church, everyone stands and claps and cheers as if someone rose from the dead. <laughs> that testimony gets a standing ovation because what they're clapping is the act of courage. What they're affirming is you went for it. Well done. Well done. And, and what that does, it builds faith. It builds an atmosphere of, of not false positivity, but you know what? We're expectant. We're expectant that God will move. We're expectant. And it's something that you deliberately do and you deliberately foster. And, and then I think an, another one is, is, is we as leaders deciding that this is really important. It's so important that it's going to be front and center in the life of the church. It's so important that this is what we're going to do. And we're going to make space for. And um, forgive me, I'm just saying I could be wrong here, all right? Um, but um, I, for us, we, just, we decided a long time ago that what we wouldn't do is have all, the worship all together, the teaching all together, the offering all together, the notices all together. And then at the end, there would be various options. You can either leave or collect your kids or go for coffee over there, and somewhere over there, if you want prayer, there'll be some people that will pray for you. Um, it, it, that's not, you know, before we finish the service, every service, before we finish, it's like now we're going to start ministry. Now we're going to pray for you. And if you, if you want prayer, come forward. If you want prayer in front of everyone, come forward. Because this is as important to us as everything else. We're going to model this. This is who we are. This is part of our DNA. And there will be people who would love to pray for you. What you do is, is by your act, you say, this is, this, is, this is in season, out of season. When there's a lot of people or not a lot of people, because this is who we are. And this is who we want to be. And you know what? It catches. It catches. 
it just becomes natural. And after a while, we start singing as people are being prayed for a, a couple of worship songs, a final worship song. And then some people stay and worship as the ministry is going on. Others will go for coffee. Others, But we started together because we said this, this is really important. This is front and center for us. And what it does is it, is it builds something. I just want to just chat a little bit um, about leading a ministry time um, in church, um, if I may, because I think this is, this is a huge part of it. Um, and I think uh, the, the first thing that we need to do is to do it. It, it is. This is profound teaching, this, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, I know you're thinking, oh, if I'd known it was going to be as deep as this, I'd have paid double. Um, uh, I'll be honest, I keep coming, going to churches and going to places where everyone knows about the ministry of the Spirit. Everyone's read the books, the manuals, watched the videos, um, watched the John Wimber stuff on YouTube. Um, but you know, at some stage, it's got to be a place of come Holy Spirit. And I know you know, but I'll just tell you what it feels like for me every time. And I've been doing this for years, so I'm really experienced. And so as really experienced, I say, come Holy Spirit, and I just know. And I look around and I can see with my spiritual eye, he's moving, he's doing the, ah. I could tell you that, but I'd be completely lying. It's every time, come Holy Spirit. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> Nothing's happening. They're all looking at me. They're looking at me. They don't get it. I should have explained. I should have explained about the receiving posture. Why didn't you say... No, they're all just standing there. Uh, oh my goodness, two of them have sat down. The rest are going to sit down. This is going to be an avalanche of sitting down. Once they've sat down, we've missed it. Um, what do I do? What do I do? Do I, do I, do, do uh, where's the worship? The worship leader's not even here. I can't even, where, where is he? Where is he? Get up here, get up here, quick. This is an emergency. This is an emergency. Um, uh, 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 I need a word. I need a word. Uh, come on, Lord, give me a word. There's no word. No, I think I've got a word. No, that's just me. I know that's me. I just know that's me. That's not you, Lord. That's me. If I say that, okay, I'm going to say a word. Oh, I just feel there's somebody here. Uh, no one's responding. Oh, hell, no one's responding. They're not going to trust me anymore. They're never going to be the next time, you know, do not despise prophecy. They're all going to despise prophecy because of me, because I did this, you foolish idiot. Okay. That's how it works. You know that, don't you? Flipping do it anyway. That's exactly how it works. I know. I know. I have the scars. I know. But do you know what I also know? When we, when we step out of the boat, because he says, come, and we start to sink... And it feels like we're drowning. Remember Pete? All we have to say is, Lord, save me. And do you know what he does? He reaches out his hand and he lifts us up. And it's in that place. It's in that place. Never mind anyone else. Where we have the greatest intimacy with the Lord. Lord, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. You're holding my hand. I'm here with you. I still feel like I'm drowning. Hold tight, Lord, because I'm going to let go. Wow, you're here with me. You're here with me. And you know what, for me, it was Eric Liddell who said, when, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Would you know, for me, there's that moment of, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Mm. Mm. 
It's in that place I feel God's pleasure. You did it, my son. You did it. You went for it. It's okay. I've got you. It's okay. I'm proud of you. Now, whatever happens next, I'm proud of you. Really, Father? Really? Oh, my goodness. Someone's crying over there. Why are they crying? Because they hate ministry. <laughs> Is it maybe, maybe they realize that they put the, it, the oven on too high and lunch is burnt. <gasps> are you doing something there, Lord? Are you? Yeah, I've, I'm not very good at this. So if that's you, Lord, could you show me with someone else? Oh, that's a coincidence. There's someone crying over there. That's two of them. They don't, those two don't usually cry. Oh, I did say, show me with someone else. Is, is, this, is, this, is this healing? Is this their own pain or is this something else? Oh, just wonder, I don't know. Might be, might be, Lord, you're just filling them with compassion. Maybe an intercession thing. Oh, I don't think it is. What, what do I do? Oh, I just have a go. And if I get it wrong, nobody dies. But if it's Jesus, someone might get blessed. That's the rule. So um, I could be wrong here, but um, are there some of you here, you, you just feel like weeping and you don't know why? And you know it's not for you. And it's like somehow you just feel like you just got this compassion come over you. And, and it's just like, you just, I could be wrong, but is, is there, if, if that's you, would you come forward? Flip. How did this happen? How did this happen? Hello. <laughs> no, are you responding? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Uh, no, he's not supposed to come yet. He's supposed to. He's supposed to. He's supposed to. No, okay. Well, Lord, here we go again. You've just ruined my talk. I had so many good points. Well, we'll see. We might carry on. If there is anyone else, why don't you come? It might. Let's just see if there's anyone else. Why don't you come? Otherwise, why don't we pray for these guys? Could two or three just come and pray for these guys? Just come and just quietly lay hands on them. And Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, more of you. More of you, Lord Jesus, more of you. More of you. It's okay, can someone just come and pray here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's okay. This is an illustration from the Lord of what I was trying to say. <laughs> A bit early, Lord, but... <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait for him. Let's just wait for him. Lord, more of you. More of you. More of you, Jesus. More of you. More of you. More of you. More of you, Lord. Is there someone here, um, uh, two and a half months ago, um, you had a, a, a real disappointment um, in a relationship. Uh, someone really let you down. And it was about two and a half months ago. And you gave your heart and it really hurt you. It really wounded you. And uh, actually, during this meeting, uh, during, in the last few, since we started this seminar, you, you thought about that person. And you thought about, although you're okay on one level, on another level, you're not. And it was like, what do I do? I don't, I don't want this to be something that gets in the way. I want to be able to keep trusting. And you're afraid that you're going to pull back now. Um, who is that, if that's you? Or, or there's a couple of, why don't you just come and stand in the aisle, all right? Just, just that's it, just stay there, and you just there. Could a couple of people just come and pray? All right, there's a few of you, okay. Two and a half months ago, yeah? All right, 
Lord Jesus, I ask now that you would just come and bring release. Lord, just bring healing. Just bring release, Lord Jesus, to our brothers and sister. Just, Lord, we pray. We pray that you would set them free. Now, what's happening here, it is compassion. It is. It's, that's what that is. It's like, it's like an intercession thing. It's like he's birthing something. And it's not something, you know, it says we don't know how to, Paul says to the Romans in chapter 8, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes with us, in us, for us, with sighs and groans too deep for words. That's that. That's, that's what that is. And so what we do is we just give it time. And the Lord's just wanting to bring healing to you guys. Because he's wanting, your past will not determine your future. Your past will not dictate your future. God wants to release you. He wants to release you. And he wants to release you to walk in trust. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 I think there might be someone else here. I, I just, um, I think, um, I think for you, um, 17 years ago, um, there was a word given to you, and it's not been fulfilled, and it's left you not yet, and it's left you with a heavy heart, and you know it was about 17 years ago. Uh, it, um, you know it was 17 years ago, and again, and again, I think. Um, in the last 24 hours, uh, it came to mind since you've been here. And it's like, oh, Lord, do I let go of that? I have let go of that, but it, could there be? And you just wondered for the first time, is it, is it still possible? Is it not too late? 17 years ago, there was a word given to you. Um, where, where are you? Is that okay? Just come, just come forward. Um, could a couple of folks, just, just go stay there, that's it. Could a couple just come and pray for her? We just need a couple, just come quick, guys. All right, all right, all right. Is it you as well? 17 years ago, all right. Let's just pray here as well. Let's just pray here as well. That's it. Just a couple of people to pray. Lord Jesus, that's the Lord. Lord Jesus, I ask, uh, What's happening with you is he's rekindling something that died in you. He's rekindling it, and he's bringing it back to life. And you've served him, and you've been faithful, and it's not been bad, it's been good, but there's, been so, there's something more. There's something more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And for our sister over here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, just one, one more. Well, I don't know how many more. There's <laughs> no point. One more, I hope. Um, is <laughs> but, but the truth is, guys, honestly, this is how it works. And I'm, I'm trying to look relaxed because that's what John Wimber modeled, okay? <laughs> You know, and like, oh, yes. If I had some gum, I'd chew it right now and all of that. But, you know, it's like a little bit. It's like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, this seminar's going horribly, horribly right. And <laughs> it's not how I planned it. I feel like I'm sinking. <laughs> hold, hold it, Lord, hold my hand. I'm drowning. That, that's how it feels. I want you to know that because we're, this, this, we're all meant to do this. We're all meant to do this. This is for all of us. And I want to demythologize it. You know, if, you know I, it, it's, it's not having ability. It's just being available. I, I, I don't mind looking stupid. I spent most of my life looking stupid. It doesn't faze me anymore. But I know when God does stuff, people get blessed. Anyway, there was another word. Is there, is there, is there a couple here? Um, you, um, uh, you, 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 went, you went to the doctor 
um, last Wednesday about something or the hospital and uh, something that's just really just a, a concern to you. Um, you went, um, for, I don't know if it's one of you or for someone else or for both of you, but you went last Wednesday and it, 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 it sits a bit heavy on you. Um, and you, you don't need to say what it is or anything like that, but I just think the Lord wants to meet with you. Is, is that anyone? Where, where are you? Are you here last Wednesday? No? It's wonderful. Because what that means is I got it wrong. And if I got, I got it wrong, and, and if you know, it's no one's died. No one's died. It's okay. It's okay. And that's all you do. You say, well, got that one wrong. Hmm. And, that, and it's okay. When, we're not, when it's not about us. It's not about us having to look good. Yeah? It's about Jesus. It's about making space for Jesus. And, and if we get it wrong, nobody dies. But if it's Jesus, somebody's life can get changed. Some, like that. Okay. Okay, as we keep praying for these guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just try and teach a little bit more. And we, I don't mind mess, okay? Uh, again, uh, I think it was Wimber. I, I don't know, it was someone. You know, he, do you do this? If you don't know who it's from, you say Wimber. <laughs> or is it just me? <laughs> it's probably a whole load of other people that are really cross with me. <laughs> but anyway, someone said... It's probably the original pill of Archie, and I've forgotten. Um, no. <laughs> uh, it's messy in the nursery. It's neat and tidy in the graveyard. And we've got to decide to choose the mess of the nursery where there's new life every time over the neatness and tidiness of the graveyard, where everything's in its place and everything's all okay, but it kind of it is dead. It's dead. And it's messy. And mess is mess. And for those of us who are leaders, let's be honest, many of us, we're control freaks by nature. You know, during, during a service, I mean, am I the only one that does this? Oh, they're, they're, they're not worshipping like they did last week. Are they not really, oh, they're not engaging. Oh, I think, I think the worship, we need a fast song. We need a, go on, mate, go on, go on, go on. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. We, no it's like we feel like we've been dragged through a hedge backwards. Slow down, someone shoot the drummer quick. Oh, it's a, all right, all right, all right. Now, now it's a bit of a funny atmosphere. I'll just tell some jokes um, in the notices. Oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Anyone like that? Or is it just, okay, so it's just me. You're so holy. Um, but you know what? We have to let that, we have to let go of that. We have to let go of that. And for me, what I try and do our church and our festivals is from the beginning I'm asking the Lord, Lord we've made our plans, we plan we really plan I had a plan <laughs> I've got the book um, <laughs> I had a plan uh, but what we try and say I try and say is Lord is there anything that you're doing that I need to see you initiate, we follow what are you doing Lord, what are you saying do you want to interrupt us? And you know, often <coughs> at the end of our time of worship, I'll deliberately wait before praying, just in case. And it's not like, we, you know, like one in 10, one in 15, some, something happens. But at the very least, you know, just, just counting to 10 doesn't kill anyone. And there's that beautiful silence before you move on. And sometimes it's like, I remember, I remember there was one time in our church where, um, I, um, well, it's happened more than once, where I felt the Lord say, wait for me, wait for me. And I was like, okay, are you going to give me a clue? And I got nothing. So I, I just said, I just stood up at the end of the worship and, and just waited. And uh, nothing happened. And after a while, I noticed a couple of people getting, you know, they, they stopped, they, they were looking at me like, what are you doing? You know, why are you standing there? 
I thought, oh, I need to explain. So I said, um, well, I'm just waiting because I just thought the Lord said he wanted to meet with us and he was doing stuff, but he didn't tell me what. So I'm just waiting to see what. And then what I noticed, my blessing, my church, is they were like, oh, oh, gosh, okay. And so immediately those that were looking at me, they were like, oh, oh we better help him out. So everyone was engaging. We were in it together. And so, and so we waited. And then I suddenly thought, I suddenly thought, wait a minute, how arrogant to think that the Lord might only speak to me. And I said, uh, just wondering, has anyone got a word about, about this? And immediately, Sharon, who was sitting on that side of the church, said, from the very beginning of us waiting on the Lord, I just felt the Lord saying he wants to pour out his love on people. And then immediately, Nigel, who was sitting that side, said, and from the very beginning, I felt the Lord saying he was wanting to heal the brokenhearted. And then it was like, guess what? It's not brain of Britain. So I said, I just wonder if maybe the Lord is meeting with people now quietly and, and pouring out his love to heal the brokenhearted. If that applies to you, could you come forward? To my utter astonishment, about a third of the church came forward. And there was like, I was like, I had no idea. Why are you broken-hearted? You were all right yesterday, you know? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you're the associate pastor, get up. <laughs> you know, and it was like, and the place went crazy. I mean, literally, it was all hands on deck. And then it was like, oh my goodness, now, now, that doesn't happen every week. It happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. But we want to be open for those times, those beautiful, sweet times. And, you know, there's, I'll just say this quickly. There's two theologies. With, I'm keeping an eye on the clock. Um, there's two theologies um, on, on ministry. Um, there's the one that classical Pentecostalism and most charismatics um, would ascribe to, um, which is the Armenian theology for the ministry of the Spirit. And they get that um, from Mark chapter 5, uh, when, um, and the prayer movements are based on this largely, not completely, where the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years, she reached out and she touched Jesus. She went to him. She went through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. And remember he said, who touched me? I felt power go out from me. And then the crown separates and she said, I touched you. He didn't even know. She took the initiative. Armenianism. She went to, to him. He didn't even know. And he responded to her touch. Is that, is that, is that a right theology? Of course it is. It's, there it is, Mark 5. But then there's John 5. When Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda, and he goes to the ball of Bethesda, and there's loads of blind and crippled folk who are waiting for the waters to stir to go in. And he goes to one of them. He goes to one guy who's been crippled for 38 years. And he says, do you want to be healed? And he has a conversation with him, at the end of which he's healed. And then later on in John 5, in Jesus' discussion with, um, with, with folk, he explains and he says, I only do what I see my father doing. In another place, he says, I only speak the words my father gives me to speak. Is that correct? That's Calvinism. That's Reformed theology for the ministry of the Spirit. Is that correct? Of course it is. It's in John 5. What we do is we put them together. They're both correct. Sometimes we... You know, like you don't need to, if someone comes up for prayer and says, could you pray for healing? We don't need to say, oh, I need to ask the Lord if you, you know. No, that's, that's our base. We reach out. We, we reach out. But there are times, and this is the bit that, that we've lost a lot. Of time. There are times when we should be open to him initiating. And that's what words of knowledge are about. That, that is, there are people who, who would never have thought of getting prayer. Never in a million years. And there's a word for them. And it's like, oh my goodness. We had one, not last summer, the summer before, at Soul Survivor. 
And it was towards the end of the week, and it was in a minist- uh, uh, ministry time. And just this thought came into my head. And, and you know what it's like? It, for me, it's like, oh, I just had a thought. That's a funny thought. Why would I have a thought like that? Is that you, Lord, or is that indigestion? And, and the truth is, in my case, fairly often, it can be indigestion. But there's only one way I'll ever find out. You know, I never know. You never know. So anyway, this thought came into my head. There's someone here who's mocking everything that's happening. He doesn't know me. His friends brought him here. And he's been laughing and teasing his friends about all the way through uh, this, this camp. But he's just prayed to me just now. And he's just said, God, if this is true, if you're real, then show me. And, and, then, and the Lord said to me, and his name's Brian. And his name's Brian. So, I just said, while we're just, while the ministry's happening, I think there's someone here, you just da-da-da-da-da, and your name is Brian. Where are you, Brian? Why don't you come forward? I promise you. Some of you might have been there. Immediately, this 15-year-old lad came forward, sobbing, sobbing. My colleague, Andy Croft, jumped from the stage, and they prayed for him. He gave his life to Jesus, and they were telling me that the whole of the next day, Brian was going up to strangers saying, he knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. Just, just one, one more. From, it was the last night of Soul Survivor B this year. This was just, was anyone there, Soul Survivor B? Well, you, do, you remember, do you remember on the last night... Um, uh, I just felt I had a little word. There's someone here um, who's afraid to go home tomorrow because your mum is suffering from a mental illness and you've just prayed and you've said, God, I don't know that I can cope with going home with my mum's mental illness. You've got, to, you've, you've got to speak to me. You've got to meet with me. Do you remember that? And then I said that. I said, and, and literally about 200 kids immediately came forward. And it was like, they were weeping, and it was like, what on earth is going on? It can't be too, what? I didn't understand that. And I said to my friends, Andy and Ali, I'm actually really puzzled, because I thought the Lord told me one. And I don't understand, how can it be 200? The next day, the next morning, I was walking on the site, this youth leader came up to me, and he said, I've been looking for you, I've got to tell you about last night. There's a girl that we bought with our youth group, and she's not, a Christ, not, she's not a Christian, and she came because her friends invited her, and she didn't give her life to the Lord. And last night, in the meeting, um, she prayed for the first time, and she told us, she said, um, God, if this is real, and if you are really here, and you are really God, then could you tell Mike about my mum's mental illness? Within seconds, I said that. She completely lost it. They prayed with her. She gave her life to Jesus. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she went home, not only having Jesus, but knowing that he knew her and he heard her prayer. I didn't even know till the next day. The number of times you do not know until you say it. The number of times you do not know until you say it. Now, I've seen, I've seen a few of those now. So guess what? I'm willing to take risks because you know what? Those are worth the, I think there's a couple here you went to your doctor last Wednesday. No? Okay, nobody died. And that's how it works. And do you know what? The more we do it, the more we grow in it. The more we do it, the more our batting average goes up. The more we do it, the more we hear the Lord speak. Just very quickly. First of all, if we want to, um, uh, um, uh, if we want to lead, um, uh, if we're leading a ministry time, it's being willing to give up control. That means, Lord, this is out of my hands for a while. That doesn't mean I abrogate uh, responsibility. It means, Lord, I'm waiting for you and I'm stepping out in faith and I can't control the result constantly asking all the way through from the beginning, Lord, what are you doing? Is there anything you, you want to do? Um, uh, then making space 
Uh, uh, we always make space, like I said, at the end of our meetings, sometimes in the middle, sometimes at different times. And it doesn't mean it always has to happen. We've got to stop being afraid of silence. We've got to stop being afraid of, of quietness. You know, it's not an accident. It's not an accident that the vineyard movement, which I love, I'm a vineyard boy in Anglican clothes, just because you lot rejected me three times, but that's another story. I'm not bitter. <laughs> that's true. I tried three times to join the flipping vineyard. Um, anyway, I'm not bitter. <laughs> John Mumford was one of those who rejected me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, I've forgotten what the heck I was saying there. Yeah, yeah. What was I saying? Silence. Thank you. You know what? Again, it's no accident that the Vineyard Movement was birthed out of the Society of Friends, the Quakers. It was, and, and it was learning, again, it was, they, they wouldn't move at best until the Holy Spirit came. And then they would quake, so they were given the nickname, as you know. It was birthed out of that. It's in your DNA. It's in your heritage. And it needs to be in the heritage of the whole church. You know, we, we, we be still and know that I am God is not put in there for fun. You know, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God was not in the earthquake, the wind, or the fire. But then came the still small voice, the gentle whisper. And so on, and so on, and so on. So, we make space. We wait. We wait. And you know the thing that, that kills it? And I know why we do it. Is we often kill a ministry time with words. We just, just stop just stop, just stop. You know, so often the, the Lord's beginning to move and then we just talk and talk and talk until everyone's exhausted. You know, give, give, give the Lord room to breathe. Room to breathe. I say that advisedly, room to breathe. And then, and then, um, we, our job is to pastor. Our job is to pastor. The Lord made it very clear to me early on that in ministry times, both in the church and particularly at our festivals, that there was, he wanted a division of responsibilities. And he is responsible for the people at the front, and I'm responsible for the people at the back. And what that means is, He's, he's meeting with people, and by the front, sometimes it's where they are that the Holy Spirit's resting on. He's doing that. He's doing that. I don't need to do that. But I need to, I need to pastor those on whom he isn't resting on. So I'm constantly asking, where will they be at? What will they be? Now, some of them, they'll have never seen anything like this before. They have just been so far in comatose Anglican churches, and they're thinking, what on earth have I come to? This is scary. And so I need to explain. So um, uh, what's going on here? You're hearing some people crying. You know what? That's just pain coming out. Sometimes we, we, we bury stuff. You know what we're like, us Brits, stiff upper lip. You know, um, don't show your emotion. Don't, you know what? And what's happening is this is a safe place. And some of them, you know what it's like when you carry pain. And for some of them, this is just a safe place. Is all this God? No, it's our response to God. And everyone responds in a different way. And, and, uh, and then I think some of them are thinking, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not spiritual. So I'll say, uh, just put your hand up if you're not feeling anything. Great. We're still the majority. It's don't worry. We're still, uh, if you're not feeling anything, I'm not feeling anything. And then I usually, I always turn to my colleague Andy and I say, Andy, are you feeling anything? He always says no. And then I say, he never feels anything. <laughs> so it's okay. So what I'm trying to do with a little bit of humor is, is, is actually stop it getting tense and people feeling left out. It's okay. We all respond differently. Some of us are built more emotionally. Ali, um, who hosts, she hosts the events with me and Andy, all you have to do is smile at her and she cries. 
She's just, she's, she's just, so she'll always respond like that. Um, other, others of us are more aware of our bodies, so we will respond more physically. Others of us are more cerebral, so we will, we, we, you might see nothing happening. Someone's just standing there, but they're having such an encounter with the Lord. And then I'll often say something like, is all of this God? No. It's a response to God. Is all of this kosher? No, because that's the other thing some people be asking. Are some of them putting it on? And the correct answer is some of them might be. Some of them might be. And then I'll tell a little story like, like this, which is true. There was one time a few years ago, there were three lads, three friends. They were about 14, 15. They came forward uh, for, for prayer. And the three of them were standing there like this. And I, I was just watching them every now and then. And after a while, the two on either side went down under the power of the Spirit. And the one in the middle was left standing. And as I watched, I could see him. You know, he suddenly felt something's happened. And then he opened his eye and he went. <laughs> and then he went. And I saw the panic. My friends have gone down and I've been left standing here on my own. And then there was the panic. And then I saw him go. And he went down. And, and then I, I, I tell that story and I say, now, was I going to go down there and say, you two either side, well done, that was the Lord. You in the middle, get up, you made it up. No. I say, if anyone wants to fall down, they can. It's a free country. It's a free country. But, but you know what? I want you to know after a while you don't need to. You don't need to do what other people are doing. We all respond in our own. We're not going to hype up a particular response. And then I'll often say, when the Holy Spirit comes on me, I never fall down. And there's a reason for that. If I fell down, they'd feel the aftershocks in Ireland. <laughs> so that's not how God does it with me. And so I'm constantly, so I'm pastoring it. I'm constantly asking, where are they at? Are they, are they thinking, is this hype? Are they thinking... Um, uh, am I the only? Am I unspiritual? Are they thinking I don't understand what's going on? So I'll explain as much as possible, and then there'll come a time when I think, "Gosh, actually, there's a danger now of of those that the Holy Spirit's not resting on becoming observers." So what we're going to do is we're going to bring everyone together, and we're going to worship, and I'm going to repeat again. You know what, guys? If the Lord if the Lord met with all of us all at the same time, all the time, one, we'd explode. Two, there'd be no one left to pray. You know, and it would get messy. So let's worship Jesus and let's be thrilled with what God's doing with our friends, knowing that we're one body and we're in it together. And you do that in the context of a big meeting and you do that in the context of a small group. You pastor you pastor. And the final thing, in the last two minutes, um, everyone can play. And we, we need to keep saying that. And we need to keep modeling ways where, where it's a releasing thing. It's a, we're, we're releasing. Uh, and we just always got to get better at that. We're, we're, we're letting people know. One of the reasons I keep trying to say how it really feels is because I wasted too much of my life waiting for certainty, waiting to feel like the anointed man of God before I would do stuff. And I've never felt like the anointed man of God. I felt like the goof. And it's like, well, you know what? I'm getting old now. I'm going to have a go. I want to find out if this works before I die. I want to find out if this is how it works. And, and, and the very last thing, and just in the, the I mean, this, there's so many things we could say. Uh, my friend Blaine Cook um, uh, was very helpful to me in some of this stuff. Because I, I said to him once, I said, how come more happens when, when you're doing ministry than when other people are? And he said, well, there's, there's two things he said. Number one, I have a high expectation that God will use me. I have a high expectation that God will use me. I want to have a high expectation that God will use me. And then he said the second thing, he said, is I, 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 the Lord spoke to me a long time ago, he said, and said to me, um, I want you to say exactly what I, you think I say to you. Do not put it through the grid of your brain. 
do not dumb it down. Do not try and make it safe. And he said, the more I've done that, the more I've seen a response. I found those two things so liberating and so helpful. And you know what? Most of it, it's, it's in nuance. It's in nuance. It's like, are you? I'm just feeling my way. Lord, I'm, I feel very small. It feels like a big sea, this Sea of Galilee. I feel like I'm too far away from the boat. Would you hold my hand? And he does. And he does. Go for it with all your hearts. Keep going for it. In season, out of season. Because you know what? You know what? I finish with this. Absolutely. My last sentence, I'm even putting my phone away so that it gives everyone hope. And I'm holding on to my notes and picking my bottle up. Um, I'll just say this um, as I'm even walking down the steps. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> such a dope. It was going to be so important. What was it? What was it? Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. And this is the very last thing. You know what? The more we do this, the, the ministry of the Spirit, do you know what happens? It, it's His grace that pervades, and it, it, it softens the people of God. It, it, so, it soft, when we see His kindness displayed, you know, it's not His power. It's His kindness through His power it softens us. It makes us more loving. It makes us more kind. And we get hooked. Amen.